Hi, I'm Weird Al Yankovic, and you're listening to the Pantheon Network. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders, was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. The drum is the world's oldest instrument. Drummers can use their kit to lay down the backbeat and help the rest of the band keep time, or they can use it in solos just like a guitar. In this episode of Prisoners of Rock and Roll, we're taking a look at the best drummers in music history. We're going to start with the big band drummers, Gene Krupa and Buddy Rich, who put the spotlight on their instruments and paved the way for modern drummers for generations. Then we're covering the legends like Bonzo and Keith Moon, Charlie Watts and Ginger Baker, Ringo and Rick Allen, all the way up to the modern drummers like Questlove and Meg White. What's up, everyone? Welcome to Prisoners of Rock and Roll, episode number 45. I'm Bruce Kramer, and I'm so happy to be here with all of you because, one, you guys are all awesome, and two, I get to talk music with the next two hours with my good friend and co-host, Ryan McCusker. Are you rocking? Hear the drummer get wicked! Yes, sir. (laughs) Prisoners of Rock and Roll is sponsored by McCusker's Tavern at 17th and Shunk Streets in Philadelphia, and we are part of the Pantheon Podcast Network. So what's up, man? How you been? I'm good, man. Uh, You know... I've been looking forward to this episode all week. Yeah, this is another one that's been on the list for a while. And we were kind of, uh, you know, I was on vacation again, again last week. I was in Tennessee, and we were texting each other, and like, "Hey, man, what do we want to do next?" And we've got a, we got a really friggin' long list of show topics, man. We got, we got a, we're gonna be around for a while. So. Totally, totally. So. Yeah, we keep on putting the list together. Yeah, it gets longer and longer. And uh, when you shared the whole list with me the other day, I was like, "Oh man, there's there's some like I want to talk about that." And I'm excited to do yeah, that yeah, and do yeah. like, you know, like. But uh, but we decided like, hey man, let's talk about drummers. And uh, you know, I thought this would be a good topic because um, one, I think we talk about we we know a lot of this music, and two, you you're a drummer. So. I am. I've been playing since 1992. I love the drums. It's my favorite thing to do. 
Yeah, I know you've been in a bunch of bands. I mean, shit, I remember seeing you so play. So many bands. Yeah, I Dude, remember seeing you too play. Too many bands like in the I 90s. Count, man. Yeah. You know, and I'm still playing. So what, yeah. um, what, why'd, you, why'd you pick the drums? You know, uh, we talked past on the show how it was hard for me to learn things. Yeah. You know, guitar was just a little bit too hard. Bass was a little bit too hard to do. But, you know, I would watch MTV and I could see these drummers play. Like Steven Adler from Guns N' Roses, uh, all these big drums, yeah. Lars Ulrich, you know. And I remember watching it and saying, I can do that. You know? Very cool. And uh, I got a, a drum set for Christmas. And I, and I, off you went. And off I went. I Very was, cool. I, I just sat down and started playing. Hmm. So yeah. you never... You never took lessons. You just kind of like self taught. Well, I took you know high school. You took you took basic music, music and stuff, yeah, right? But everything I had self taught. Rock and roll was has to be self taught. Yeah, you can't learn rock and roll through a school or anything like that. You may you know. Yeah, very cool. Um, you know, and I'm I'm not a musician. I I mean I own a couple of guitars. I might as well be a monkey banging on them. But um, mm-hmm. you know it's but it's interesting like. Just as we're getting ready for this episode, I was thinking about shows I've seen in concerts, and when they let the drummer really go off and do like the solo, and it's like the crowd goes crazy, right? Every time. I remember bands like in my high school would play, and the drummer would play a solo, and the place went. No, actually, the the band I saw in high school, the drummer wound up being the bass player for Thirty Seconds of Mars. Oh wow, uh, with Jared Leto's band yep. so it was like the guy was a really talented musician but i remember cool. i remember being in high school and seeing him when he would do a drum so the gym would go bonkers yeah i was in the marching band and we did a lot of percussion work in the marching band and it was the time of my life but it was also very hard yeah it, you know to play synchronized with a whole other band, people right you know? And it's, I mean, I guess the more I was thinking about it, too, it's like, you know, there's there's so many different, I get like any other instrument, right? There's going to be a wide variety of uh, styles. There's there's musicians that their job is like, they're not flashy. They're the, like the time, like Charlie Watts. Yeah. Right? Charlie Watts has one job, and it's four on the floor. Right. Yeah. Right. And then you got somebody like some of these early, like Buddy Rich or John Bonham or yeah. some of those other guys that are really in front. Um, you know, uh, Alex Van Halen can be like that sometimes. Yeah. Um, and then there's some guys that we're going to talk about too, that are like, uh, drummers who are also the leaders of their band, which is like, there's not a whole lot of them, right? I not know. You, uh, not that I can think of. I mean, drummers tried, uh, Ginger Baker thought he was in charge of cream. Yeah. You yeah. Know? The only ones I thought of, I thought of, uh, Phil Collins yeah, Phil and Collins. Don Henley. With the yeah, Eagles. right on. And those, those were, I mean, even Phil Collins is like, you know, kind of came out from behind the drum set. Yeah. You know? I mean, he was Genesis' original yeah, drummer. Yeah, drummer, right. And then once Peter Gabriel left, yeah, he, he took, took over. over the vocals. Yeah. And they got more popular. Yeah. You know, second time around. Yeah. I could I could do to never hear another Phil Collins song the rest of my yeah, life. Yeah, he's kind of done. Yeah. I, I'm, his whole catalog is worn on me. Yeah. Yeah, I've had I've had enough of him and uh you know, I guess in the eighties, man, he was like everywhere. He but, was everywhere. So. Even in the nineties, man. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Cool. I mean, let's dive in, man. Let's start talking about some of these bands. So the the first group I had in here were like I put the like the OGs and the originals, and I guess there was like um 
yeah, there was like big band music that was a was a big thing, and those guys all had drummers, and there was three of them that were really came out to me as like flashy, and those were Buddy Rich, Gene Krupa, and Max Roach. They're all amazing drummers. Yeah, um, I knew Gene Krupa. I took like a you had to take like a music class in college, and yeah. then I took one on like whatever music appreciation or something listen to a lot of jazz and gene i knew gene krupa buddy rich i didn't know a whole lot about um i actually started doing my research by looking up you know rolling stone had one of those hundred greatest drummers of all time and he was like number two so i started went down the rabbit hole was looking at all this youtube stuff and i was like damn he's like i like i couldn't even i couldn't keep up watching his hands he was moving so fast he was he was unbelievable there i guess there was a competition between the both of them yeah. And maybe Max Roach in there. Maybe they were all like, I'm the best drummer, I'm the best drummer. I know Buddy Rich thought he was the best drummer. Yeah, Buddy Rich and Gene Krupa did like some albums, and you can find some um, like drum battles on YouTube yeah. with the two of them, and yeah. you're just like, whoa, man. It's yeah, like you're waiting for the smoke to come off the, the yeah. kit. They're playing so fast. It's unreal. Really it's cool, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah, dude, you put uh, Nutville by Buddy Rich on here. So let me, I'll play a little bit of that. Really cool. That man. sounds great. I'm yeah. sure if we go further in the recording, there'd be like some kind of drum solo in there. Yeah, I'm sure there is. No, but dude, it's it's he was the man. First time I ever saw Buddy Rich was on the Muppet Show. Really? And he had a he had a drum off against Animal. Really? Yes. I, I had to have seen that as a kid. It's um, hysterical. I mean, the music of the Muppets has been on our topic list for a while too. Yeah, man. that I would mean, be a good show. I did. Um, I just watched the episode with uh, Debbie Harry uh, oh, a couple yeah. weekends ago. And uh, it's funny. My daughter went logged into like Disney Plus. She's like, were you, you watching the Muppet yeah. show? I was like, you damn right yeah, I did. Yeah, like, yeah, like, like, you know. You had Luke Skywalker on yes. there. You had... Yeah, Johnny Cash was Johnny on Cash there. Johnny Cash was on it. Yeah. Alice Cooper. The Alice, Alice Cooper episode scared the shit out of me yeah. as a kid. When all those ghosts were flying. Yeah. yeah. All the Muppet ghosts. And all the monsters and stuff. But, you know, watching Animal, my, my young... Like sure, I was like, I want to play the drums. Very cool, you know. Um, yeah, we should have put Animal on here. That that would have been good. Uh, and then Gene Krupa, man. So he, um, I mean, he did. They said like the uh, the recording he did on sing, the there's a drum solo on Sing 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 with a swing Benny Goodman that they said is like uh, that's like the first drum solo they ever recorded. Huh. So I should have listened to the whole thing and found and I should have put it. Um, I should have found it in the in the song but you had a big noise from Winna Winnetecca. I put sing 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 on there. Oh, too. did you? Okay. Yeah, all right. His all right. version of it. All right, cool. Here you go. Thank you. 
I love it. I, I the love dude, it. I heard that as a kid, and something else that made me want to play the drums was that song. It was in a bunch of movies. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was yeah, like on mask TV and, all the time. Yeah. Uh, totally wanted me to play the drums. Yeah, really, really cool. And then the uh, the third guy we had in this list, like Max Max Roach, I mean, he recorded with every jazz, you know, Miles and Duke Ellington and Thelonious Monk. Um, yeah, just uh, the, the three of those guys just really kind of set the stage for everything. Every You know what, too, man? Every picture you look at, like, Buddy Rich, he's got, like, two women on his arm. And Buddy Rich was kind of a jerk. Was he? Yeah. I don't know anything about his yeah, personal life. he was a jerk. I don't know if he shit bag of the week. I don't think he's that bad. <laughs> right. But he was definitely a pompous dude. Was he? he oh, yeah. He, he was famous for being a jerk to his band, hmm. to the crew, to anybody, to the, anybody. Yeah. So huh. he, he was Buddy Rich. You know, he, he was the Elvis of drums. But he, yeah. Like, you ever see, like, the pictures of him with the diamond rings on yeah. and the big medallions and shit and, like that? And a lot of the, uh, I mean, he just influenced pretty much everybody else on this list like they all you know know who he yeah. was and were like holy crap if like, you're a drummer you should definitely start out with buddy rich yeah and gene krupa yeah and, I, and this and max roach i think these yeah. guys were like the first i mean they were the first like american drummers that these guys like over in england ever saw yeah right they, that the drum solo is an american thing yeah like we invented it sure i mean i think the i think you know each culture has its own version of the drum or how they use the rhythm in celtic right sure in, in africa in america the native americans you know every little community of sure. history had some kind of drum or drum circle sure or it's even how they put would communicate to each other right yeah, it's a good point. Like I said in the monologue, it's it's the oldest instrument in the world because it's really just you just pick up something and bang on it, right? It's pretty yeah. pretty easy. Um, yeah, and of course we're you know we're talking about rock and roll. It's a good point. We we could have talked about Native American music and all this other, you know, some of that uh, like African stuff, like uh, you know, uh, oh that's just Afro Afro Celtic sound system oh and God. all kinds of other stuff. It's all uh, really really cool stuff. We can definitely wake up the neighbors. Yeah, right, right. I had like a I had a box set in college called like. This is the drum or bang a drum. It was like a five disc set of all like world music, different drum solos, oh, wow. and it was. I don't think I ever listened to it. it probably I, got annoying after yeah, a while. Yeah, I bought it. and I was like, this seems cool, and I don't think I ever made it through the whole thing. Uh, but it, it looked good on my shelf. It made me look like an intellectual. I remember when we worked at the record store, there was always a bunch of in world music. Yeah, there was always African drumming, like drumming, and uh, like I said, um, may, maybe like even something that's Japanese. Yeah. Just it's the drum is the most common. Sure, I like the. Uh, you know, your the first the first beat in the world was your heartbeat. Right, right. You know, like the uh, Jamaica. The, they got the steel drums. Well, yeah, right. That's it's a whole. Uh, the, that man. That's a whole other ball game. Yeah, that's like little notes. You're hitting like notes. As, yeah, like like where on the like where on the drum you you yeah. hit right. It's wild. Yeah, it's all over my head, but it's all right. Um, all right, man, let's, and then we can just start moving into like, so the next category I had were like the classic rock drummers. And these are like, you know, the big names. And I thought maybe the guy we should start with was Bonzo. Yes. Um, John Bonham. I, I watched some really cool YouTube videos. They got like incredibly nerd. I'll have to share it on our social media page of just like, um, like what made him so good. And they were saying like how he would, and they were playing, they were, they're playing like, uh, 
a part of cashmere and it would have the notes from like the guitar on the top and then his below it and they're like how he would he would follow the guitar with his notes he wasn't just kind of like keeping time he was like they're like he's dancing around the guitar well that's the whole thing playing the drums is like a dance yeah like you just, you know, it's dancing around you're you're dancing uh yeah, and I, a lot of the talk about him too was they were saying, yeah, like he um, he had like power and he was also very fast. He had a lot of dexter- dexterity in his hands. Oh, and he was sometimes, amazing. Sometimes he, they'll say like drummers will have one or the other, and he had both. He, he had both. He yeah, used traditional grip, which is the old time grip hand to see, mm-hmm. not this rock and roll holding. Right. Charlie Watts always plays traditional. Yes. You know, yes, I've noticed that. That is like the correct way to play the drums. Yeah. He's one of my favorite English drummers. I don't have many. Charlie? Charlie, Charlie is, Watts. I think Charlie's just my favorite drummer of all time. Yeah. You know, it is what it is. Yeah. I, I liked Charlie just I like the uh, just the the dichotomy of him being like the straight man out of the, the stones. You know, you told yeah. that story before of him punching Mick Jagger at yeah. three in the morning in the bar, putting the suit on. Just uh <laughs> really, really good stuff. But um yeah, man. Let's. I. I don't even know if we played a Zeppelin song yet on we, our show, like in the forty-five episodes we've done. I. I can't remember. I don't think maybe a, a Led Zeppelin show would be cool. Yeah. Oh yeah, dude. It would be awesome. It'd yeah. be great. Uh, what do you want to hear, man? You got you got a couple songs from Zeppelin on here. Why don't we uh, hear the banging drum from the levee breaks when the levee breaks? All right, here yeah. you go. song seven it's minutes seven unreal. minutes long i could listen to the whole thing yeah it's just great i think that th- that song brings out shows you the power that that dude had yeah you know john bonham was 19 when he joined led zeppelin you know and they asked him how did he get so strong and like that he used to chop trees down he was really? a, he was a lumberjack and like that like worked up his muscles and he also i mean he's He's always widely regarded as like the greatest drummer in rock and roll, and I mean part of it is probably I mean he's it, he's talented. Don't get me wrong, but also like the legend that he you know that he well, drank himself to death and he died at such a like I looked up like they said he had forty shots of vodka in twenty four hours. Wow, like, you know I was like, well, no shit, he died. I, you know, yeah. it's he was definitely a party party party. Yeah. I mean, I, everybody was in rock and roll back then. Was it was a different world? Yeah. Sex, drugs, and rock and roll was a big thing. Right, and right. Now it's like drugs right. and rock and roll's dead. Right. Well, the, <laughs> I mean, the warden almost got thrown out of the bar one night on his birthday, and he had like two shots. You know, Bonzo <laughs> had forty in twenty four hours. So the maybe maybe the warden's next birthday will have to we'll have to get him up to Bonzo level. So, um, totally. Yeah, yeah. A, a whole episode on Zeppelin would be interesting, man. Um, he was he just had so much power playing the drums. His his drumsticks were as big as like uh, tree trunks, man. I heard that too. That he used really, really heavy, really thick yeah. drumsticks. And you could hear like the the echoing on his bass drum through that. Yeah, it that's bottom right there. That the power. Yeah, 
in the pocket. But his drum set was so awesome. He, he had like these see-through drums, like these orange glass see-through drums. Hmm. And he had, let's say, eight pieces of it, drum drums, and then maybe like 10 cymbals. And then he had timpanis like on the side. Okay. And he used them all. And he had a gong in the back. So when you said in the pocket, what does that mean? To me, it means bring it all together. Okay. Like, I'm in, I play in the pocket all the time, so the guys who play guitar, guys who play bass, so they can get off. Okay. So I'm, I'm the tightrope. I'm keeping it straight. Okay. Right for them. Now, I, I've been, I used the same beat for about 10 minutes at one time because my guitar player is just going off. Okay. And I don't want to, like, ruin his solo. Right. Gotcha. Okay. You know, playing the drums is, you, you, you got to have a lot of restraint, play concentration. Yeah, you, you, you can't overplay. It's really easy to overplay. It's uh, Bonzo played rock and roll. Right. He, he he was part of band. It wasn't like he outshined the band by his drumming. I think that whole band outshined themselves i mean look at the, all those guys in that band yeah right i mean it's it's, it's hard to say i'm trying to think of what what my point here is I, like, like jimmy page is like right he's everywhere with the guitar jimmy page yeah. yeah and then but then you can get and and you know robert plant was had that that, that high you know hitting those notes mm-hmm. and then you know like john bonham was doing his own thing too like they like they I, started like a new form of heavier rock and roll yeah yes yes and they get i think they get written off a lot now because they they did rip off so many artists but it was like you know they didn't know they were going to be that big right they you know uh i don't know how you could just take somebody else's music and rearrange it and call it your own i think you know i guess at the time i mean now it's like you have you can access anything on yeah. the internet and do your research and find stuff. Maybe they just thought nobody would ever figure it out. And it, it does seem, you know, in 2022, it seems rather shitty that they're, the music they stole was all from largely from African Americans. Totally. Yeah. You know, it just, uh, it definitely gave them a bad, a bad rap. We talked about that in another episode too, about them that they get kind of crapped on. But I mean, they were just, you know, John Paul Jones too. John know, Paul not the, not Jones. Not to write, not to write him off either. Dude, they were like the fantastic four. Right. Right. They were, they each had this, amazing skill then they all put it together yeah. and it became like voltron yeah yeah we, i didn't yeah. want to write them off that's uh you know jimmy page and robert plant have done that <laughs> enough yeah, yeah. over the last 20 years yeah just uh ignoring him but um yeah man uh there was and that's a band that you know like i mean his kid bonham's kid is really talented. jason's the man yeah he's yeah, been like, in rock and roll for about 40 years like, yeah he's been a steady drummer he had a couple for a of those he had a couple like minor hits in the nineties. Yeah, I mean he's he's more, I think, known as a session guy. Yeah. Than than being in a band. I saw him with Sammy Hagar, and he was friggin' great. Yeah. They did a, they did a few Zeppelin songs. Sammy Hagar belted it out, and uh, and he really did a great imitation of his father. Hearing that man, I could like I could see Hay I could see Hagar doing those. Exactly. He's got that voice yeah. that he could do it. Yeah, you know? like no problem. Yeah, he's they, got more than Jimmy Page. Jimmy Page can't hit those notes anymore. Which no. is like, why well, I don't think they're they're yeah. never going to tour again because he just he can't no. do it. Robert Plant is just 
he knows he can't do it. He doesn't want to go out. There Robert and, Plant. I'm sorry, I kept calling him Jimmy Page. Yeah, he, he doesn't want to go out and embarrass himself. Yeah, he, but he, I love what he's doing with Allison Krauss. I like some of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's sometimes a little. It's a little too slow for me, but it's it's still cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's another act that like they come around every summer, and I'm like, I should probably go to this one year before before he gets too old to do it. But mm. I don't. What do you think of when you hear the word drums? Um. John Bonham is probably you know what John Bonham or Keith Moon yeah. are probably the guys and it's almost like I think of two original guys yeah but they're also very self destructive very people right I think their the, drummers are very self destructive I people, think bro. like like Animal from the Muppet Show it's, right it's like the same he was made after Bonzo was he yeah he I was figured it was one of the him. two of them yeah absolutely yeah I think that's what I what I think of the most um, yeah. You know, there's, I guess there's all, you know, even as we're putting together this whole list, and a lot of them, like, I just came up with names off the top of my head and just how different that they were. Um, yeah, and I was like, you know, like, uh, you just sit down and you're like, oh, uh, we're going to talk about Stuart Copeland later. And I was like, oh, yeah, he's a really good drummer. He's completely different than any of these other guys. Or, yeah. you know, See, Lars Ulrich or Tommy Lee, yeah. or, you know, all these guys. See, a lot of those guys play one way, but Bonzo played it all. Yeah. He could play, like, a straight rock and roll song, or he could play some kind of reggae beat. And make it a rock and roll yeah. song. He's very creative. Um, maybe if we just if we keep rolling too, another the next guy I we I had on here was another dude that died tragically very early. That was Keith Moon. Moon um, the Loon. Yeah, from from the Who. That's another band, dude. I just I, I love the Who. He was a goddamn maniac, yeah. man. He would he like invented trashing hotel rooms. Yeah. He would throw TVs out the window. There there was pictures that he would drive his car into his pool. Yeah. The pool would be the car would be at the bottom of the pool. Yeah. He'd be dressed up in drag. Like he was just a character. He was I'll, I'll never get like the English with their with their their humor with lingerie. Right. But he always had this cross-dressing thing going on hmm. for him. I don't know. Yeah, and he um the story here that Keith Moon one time passed out on stage in a Guy came up and played drums. A fan drum, came out came, and played drums. Dude, I wish that was me. <laughs> like, holy shit, that would be like my dream come true. Yeah, yeah. Like he, Keith Moon took a handful of horse tranquilizers, and he he was going, and then all of a sudden he blacked out behind the drums. There's yeah. footage of it. Yeah, and he just looked like he's dead, passed out, sitting at his drum kit. And they're like, Can anyone play the drums? Yeah. And this one cat gets up there. And they 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 make it happen for about one or two songs and. 19-year-old yeah. Scott Haplin came up and had bought he had scalped tickets that day to the event cuz he wanted to see Keith Moon and wound up playing drums with him. How huh. amazing. That rock and roll doesn't do that anymore. No, no. Rock yeah. and roll is not dangerous like that anymore to yeah. like let an unknown up here with superstars. They're really cool. Oh, look at that, man. Oh yeah, there is video of it. Huh. Oh yeah. Hi man, I'll, that'll be something else I'll have to <laughs> looks like he passed out literally while he was playing the drums. Literally. And then uh Huh. Alright, cool. I'll all right, I'll you know what? I'll copy that and I'll put it in my notes and I'll make sure I share that as well. That's funny, man. Um Yeah, dude, uh let's play some who, man. Go for uh it. won't get fooled again. Great
that's another band. Like I need to go back and listen to that stuff with the headphones on. Yeah. Like just all their stuff, man. Keith Moon, he he uh, totally when he when Keith Moon played, he his rhythm was whatever Daltrey's rhythm of his songs go. Hmm. So in that Don't Think You Fooled Again, when he's singing the lyrics, you can hear the drums almost repeating what he's saying. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a good point. Great song. It's overplayed and everything. It does have a great drum intro in there. Our listeners want to hear more of it. Yeah, listen. definitely. Check Go it watch out. CSI or whatever. <laughs> oh, they, yeah, they, right. They play the shit out right, of that song, yeah, don't they? Yeah. Um, cool. Uh, the, the next dude I had on the list is somebody I never really got into Cream that much. Yeah. Uh, Ginger Baker. Um, yeah, I, he's my least favorite drummer of all time. Oh, really? Yes, he is. He did a lot with um. He did a lot of like African. He had a lot of African music influence, and he recorded yeah. a lot with that with Fila Kuti, the dude Fila we Kuti. talked about from the yeah. the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. But um, he's a fucking maniac, yeah, dude. Yeah, there's a documentary called "Beware of, of Mr. Baker." Beware of Mr. Baker, and it just goes through documentary about him being a maniac most of his life. And there's like interviews with Clapton being in. He's like, I was I was scared to break up Kareem because I was afraid that yeah. I'd get the shit beat out. Jack of Bruce me. was like that too. Like they were all kind of they were not well, not nice people. And Clapton is kind of a turd too. They, oh yeah, Ginger Baker. Yeah, man. I it, it's and I've read a lot that he you know he influenced a lot of like heavy metal drummers. Yeah, like I could totally see all that. He's definitely double bass pedal. Yeah, he had a lot of rhythms on. The Parallel Dills and Triplets and all these rhythms. He was great. I never liked them. I never liked the sound of his snare drum or his drums. Yeah, and it's I like. I mean, I like a lot of Clapton stuff. I don't. I don't know why I just never got. I, I never don't like got Cream. I, I don't like never... Cream. It's a three piece band, and it, you. I mean, it works, and everybody bows down to the the band Cream. Right. You know. Uh, I just I don't I don't even really know why I mean I like I like Sunshine of Your Love that's you have that on the playlist I fucking hate that song really I had to play it in my band three times a week man ah uh, here you go here's thirty seconds of it nice. <laughs> I'll soon be with you, my love Give you my dull surprise I'll be with you, darling, soon I'll be with you when the stars start falling <coughs> Excuse me. I mean, it's definitely like an early, like, heavy song. Definitely. Right? He was hear, out of his mind. You can hear the, the influence that it had on other stuff. He I just, was totally bat crazy, bat yeah. shit crazy, like paperwork. Like, he has paperwork. Um, they were so scared of him. The band Blind Faith, going back, now I figured it out. But Blind Faith, they had another drummer. So what happened was he shows up, uh, Ginger Baker shows up, and nobody wants to tell him he's not in the band because they're all scared of him. Hmm. Like, he was a maniac. Yeah, I always heard that he was just kind of, that he was just real... It had just like a mean streak to him. I think we can give him shit bag of the week. Shit bag of the week. All right, hang on. 
shitbag of the week. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yeah. I never really got that much into blind faith either. I mean, I, you know, I, I love Steve Winwood. I just, I don't know. Just, yeah, I don't, I, I'm, I played a lot of Crane songs just because of the bands that I played in. Yeah. But it never, every time I had to play Sunshine or Your Love, I'd be, fuck. It was not a fun thing for me. Hmm. I, I, I don't like Ginger Baker because he overplays. Okay. Like he, he, to be in a three piece band, Bruce, you have to be solid. Right. You have to be, you have to fill a lot of holes. And he does. And the bass holds a lot of holds. Uh, I just don't like the tone of his drums. I, yeah. I don't like anything about him. Yeah. I, I think his, I think the band is lame. Like I'm not a Clapton guy. I can appreciate him. Right. Yeah, I like. I mean, I like some Clapton stuff. I, there's some stuff I could I could do without. Um, oh, he's great. He is God. Yeah, 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 fucking right, he is. But he never, you know. Yeah. All right. Well, it's just, yeah, hey, you ever see a, that? Yeah, like, yeah, that with the graffiti. graffiti. Yeah, yeah, Clapton is God. Yeah, I don't know, man. I just you know, yeah, cream. I, that's that's a great thing in music, right? You like what you like, and there's just shit. It's just not for everybody, and and mm-hmm. you know, I, and a lot of like three piece bands like. Um, you know, I mean, they certainly have a huge sound for a three-piece band, but they're not, I don't know, man, they're not, like, like ZZ Top always seems, like, really tight. You yes. know, Rush is really tight. These yes. guys just don't, I don't know, there's something missing, I don't know. The, I feel like has no bottom. Yeah. Like, there's, there's. that's how I feel. Yeah. All right. Well, I don't, I don't like Ginger Baker. He sucks. Yeah. I'm, I try to be positive on the show, but this is my chance. Yeah, hey, it's he, our show, man. We do that's we'll, right. we'll crap on who we want to. He's a so, shitbag. Right, we'll get some some cream fans gonna write us in and blow us up. So that's our, all right. our old boss at Sam Goody was really really into cream. So man, no wonder she got fired. <laughs> um, so I, maybe all right. So let's just keep talking about three piece bands, dude, and then uh, and Rush. You know, uh, and Neil Peart. Neil Peart is one amazing drummer. Yeah, probably the most a different kind of drummer than I am, and I I always admired his playing, but it never influenced me at all. But God, his drumming is unbelievable. He's like like a clock has gears and uh, sprockets and shit. You know, yeah. he's like a machine. And almost everybody says that about him that he's like the most. Technically polished drummer in music He's history. He's unreal, and... dude. Or he was. Yeah. He was the best drummer ever. I seen him in concert. It was amazing. You know? Yeah. I put... I, you know, and we, we did a whole episode on Rush because we didn't like them. And we approached it with an open mind and listened to them. And I think I have a little bit more... Um, respect for them than I did well before we did that episode, but I, I still don't sit down and listen to them that much. I listen yeah. to them a little bit more than I did in the past. But. I, I, I got 2112 on vinyl. I do listen yeah. to it. But I'm not a Rush fan. Yeah. I, I don't get it. Maybe I don't like Dungeons and Dragons enough right. to get it. But I have to give it up to to Neil Peart. Yeah. He, there's a little drum solo that he does on the list there yeah the, uh, the rhythm method. the rhythm method here you go
It's four and a, it's four minutes and thirty seven seconds long. Him I'm not a drum great. solo guy. I don't like playing drum solos, and I don't like to hear them. But Neil Peart, to see a drum solo by him was was memorable yeah, for, for sure. the rest of my life. I always like thought the band sucked, but I knew that he was great. <laughs> I knew that he was great. I know they're all great. They're yeah. they're great musicians. I know that. Yeah, it just wasn't my just thing. wasn't our cup of tea. Not my so. thing. But uh, he was a very smart dude, Neil Peart. He yeah, was he very wrote, intelligent. He wrote most of that music. All that the they so- did. All, all the those words, songs, and yeah, some of the some of his lyrics and words that he used, and they're like, "What the fuck does that yeah. mean?" So he, I think he was the whole. I can't say he was the whole thing of Rush because Getty Lee and the other dude, Alex. Right. They were such big parts of the band. But him, he's you can't replace him. Yeah, when he when he died, I mean that was like everybody was pretty much the same thing. Like, you know, whether you like him or not, they were like yeah. he is just on another level as a musician. He was just a very quiet guy. Yeah. He he had a bunch of tragedies happen to him. It made put him into a Further deep in depression, he would stop playing drums and go on his bike hmm. and take off, go cross country, bring a book with him, bring a credit card, and just take and off. Just take he, off. Yeah. Huh. He, I saw an interview with him, and he said, I went cross country on my motorcycle, and not one person recognized hmm. me the whole time. Good for him, man. Yeah. I mean, that's the kind of rock star you want to be. Right. That you can, like, totally fit in somewhere and nobody knows who you are. Right. Famous on the stage, but off of it, live your personal life. And and the guys in Rush seem like kind of like regular dudes to a degree. Yeah. I don't think they're going to, I don't think they're going to get back together with another job. I I couldn't imagine. They're supposed to play that, um, I'm sure we'll talk about Taylor Hawkins. Um, They're playing the Taylor Hawkins. Uh, memorial concert yeah. coming up. I'd forgotten Taylor Hawkins. I'm going to put him on the list to talk about when we talk about the modern the modern uh, drummers. How could I forget Taylor Hawkins? Um, yeah, man. All right, let me just keep rolling. So who else I got on here? Uh, Charlie Watts, man. We got Charlie, Charlie Watts. Watts next, so. The drummer's drummer. Yes. He was the best, man. The gentleman of the stones. Um, yeah. he. I I agree, man. I love I loved Charlie Watts. I put, I put on... Um, be- facebook when he died oh the greatest drummer in the world died and everybody's like uh uh-uh, uh this person how about buddy rich how about this i'm like buddy rich didn't come up with the backbeat of satisfaction right. man right that backbeat of satisfaction is beginning of a lot of stuff yeah um yeah man i we did whatever with the episode we did on exile on main street love was, it. you know was all i love the sound Charlie of Watts. his i love the sound of his drums he doesn't overplay he's right in the pocket Right. I admire that he he held, he holds back because of what the song needs. I always did that myself. I hold back. I think to be a good drummer, you have to hold back. Yeah, he's like the undercurrent of all those those other guys. Um, and the band is you know they need him, right? He's such a huge part of that. Well, you know, I saw him with Al Charlie last fall, and it was great, but it wasn't the same because sure. You you could say oh any drummer can refill no it was Charlie Watts let's just talk about his drum set it's this classic mint condition jazz probably nineteen fifty something drum set snare drum there's no 
flashes to it. There's nothing. Yeah, he his, didn't have. He's not like like Neil Peart has like 360 degrees of like stuff all yeah. around him. Or uh, Carter Buford from Dave Matthews has got yeah. all this stuff everywhere. Yeah. And he he did not. He had a very no, simple I, drum kit. I admire that. That's what I do. That he's he's very inventive with the the Rolling Stones. Like, yeah. Look what he did with Symphony of the Devil. Yeah. I think that's like him him coming out and say, "Hey, I'm somebody too." Like, okay, it's all about Keith, and it's all about Mick. Right. It's like, here's my time to shine. Right. Um, you put that on a playlist, man. Let's, let's play We could play this song every single episode. I don't even care what the episode is about, and we could do this. Uh, it's one of my favorite Stone songs. You know what, dude? I know I, I say this so many times on the show. It's like if you are into music, go get yourself a decent set of headset, headphones, yes. and just sit we down say that like, every week. And it's just like, man, there's so much going on, and and it's like, you know, I've heard that song a zillion times. I still play it around my house all the time, and it's just a different experience, man. And I like, I have like a big like reclining chair in my my office at home, and that I bought just for like reading and listening to music. I really need to sit down more and just put the headphones on and just chill out and just listen to some of this stuff. I don't think people listen to music the, like they used to. I think people listen to music now is to get point, to point A to point B. Yeah, it's in the background of something. Yeah, you always see people with ear pads ear pods in and but they're not real headphones right you know like right. those both things those things or what's dr dre beats yeah beats those, by dre. those things yeah. are friggin amazing yeah um yeah dude i mean i always have like my whatever the samsung ones that came with my cell phone that i'm always listening to stuff or or i'm listening to like you know my phone is you know i'm outside doing something and i've got my phone just next to me and i'm listening to music it's like you're not getting any quality of sound out no. of that um i have it on vinyl and if you hear it on vinyl, it's like unbelievable. That's the way it's supposed to be sounded. The Charlie Watts played for what the song needed. He didn't overplay. Yeah, he was just to to. He played for the band. Yeah, you know. I'm laughing as I'm thinking about the uh, that Zoom thing that they did, and he was playing like a a bucket. Yeah, with like upside down. He had a um, yeah. He his personality was pretty great. Yeah, he was he was so like somber. Yeah, it's, he's very British. He, he's, he's incredibly English, British. Yes, he's British, very English. English. You know, maybe people didn't hear the story, but I'm going to tell it again. Yeah, yeah, sure, go. dude. It's a great story. Um, one night in the seventies. You know, Mick Jagger's in the hotel. He's downstairs at the bar. He's drinking. He's getting it on. He's screaming and hollering, being Mick Jagger. And he's, Mick starts screaming, get my drummer down here. Get my drummer down here to get me a drink. You, get, you know, yeah. Charlie yeah. gets the message. He's like, all right, I'm up in my room. I'll be down. He gets all dressed up, three-piece suit, shoes, the whole thing. He might have had a monocle in his, in his eye. 
you know. So what he does, he goes he goes downstairs with Mick Jagger, and Mick Jagger's like, "Oh, my drummer's here," right. and Keith, I mean. Charlie. Charlie just fucking socks him in the face. Says, I am the drummer of the Rolling Stones. All right, I'm not your drummer. Yeah. I love it. It's one of my favorite rock and roll stories. Yeah, but that just shows you... I, I thought they would be done when Charlie died, but I guess there's still money to be made. Yeah, I were kind of like out on the road when that happened, right? Because like he decided he wasn't going with them because he yeah. was ill. Yeah, um, I don't know if you're ever going to see him again. Although I said that the last tour that you, you know, shit, they've been on their farewell tour for. I've been 80s. saying, yeah. I've been saying this is going to be the last time for the last twenty years. Right, the steel wheels to, the steel wheelchair tour, the steel yeah, wheelchair in the eighties. So they're still they're still around, man. But I'm sad that Charlie passed away. It was really hard. Yeah, but go. I saw the new drummer with the Stones, and it sounds like a cover band playing hmm. with the drummer. Now, with Charlie, all his drums and were like, let's talk about his cymbals. I don't know where he got those cymbals from, but those sounding of his cymbals add to the Rolling Stones sound. The other drummer that took his place uses his different cymbals. Hmm. So it sounded totally Just different. different. Different sounds. It sounded more of... Uh, with that drummer, it sounded more nostalgic. Like I was in a museum, a hmm. living museum with Mick and Keith. Yeah. Yeah. Walking the hallways of rock and roll with Mick and Keith. Hmm. All right. Cool. Um, we, I talk about, you know, he's the heartbeat of the greatest rock and roll band of all time. He's, you know? like I said, he's the greatest rock and roll drummer of all time. I and, agree, man. And if you got... You know, if you you think I'm wrong, write it in. Write us in. We'd love yeah, to hear we'd from love you. Love to hear from you. Uh, you know, and then yeah. So we the first what was it episode three we did like the Beatles versus the Stones. Wow. Um, yeah, that was a long time ago, and we were playing music on the show at that time. Then that episode was like two and a half hours long. It would have been like seventeen hours long, but. Um, you know, so we always go back and forth, the Beatles versus the Stones, so it's probably appropriate that you talk about the drummer for the Beatles. And Ringo. Ringo. You know, John Lennon said that Ringo's not even the best drummer in the Beatles, no. let alone the best. Yeah, he was but the Ringo right, did what he did. He was the right drummer for that band. Right. Pete Best was the original drummer of the Beatles. He he put in a lot of work with those guys. Once they were got a record contract, Brian Epstein said, you got to get rid you of this get guy. You got to get rid of this guy. Because he doesn't go with you guys. He's better looking than all he is, and he should be in the background. You know, he said, yes, Pete Best is a better drummer, but Ringo is a great Beatle. Yeah. No, that's okay. That's yeah. fair. Um, I don't think we have a Beatles song on the playlist, did we? No. I didn't put anything on there. No. All right. I, you know, whatever. We don't need to play something from everybody. And, you know, I feel everybody, like everybody knows. I think that we don't play anything. We, by the, all right. Let's hang on. Uh, play Come Together. That come has together. a great Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a good one. All I right. think it's Paul playing drums on it. But, hey, what do I know? Is it? Does he play? Hang on. No, he doesn't. <laughs> okay. Some other songs he definitely did. Yeah. All right. Here you go. <laughs>
the thing with Ringo is he knew he was the luckiest bastard in the whole world. Oh, yeah, world. absolutely. He, like, I felt ba- ass backwards into a perfect situation. Right off the bat, he started making money with them, and they became the Beatles. Right, like, sure. I mean, Ringo, I love Ringo's dr- drumming. Nothing compares to his drumming, like, on those records. Again, the sound of his cymbals. I love the sound of that. It doesn't sound like everybody else's cymbals. Yeah. And they're just, you know, the four of them together obviously work. They're one of the biggest bands in the history of the world, so... Oh, still to this day. Yeah, sure. I saw Ringo Starr a few years ago at the Tower Theater. I took with, my, the, with the All-Star? With the All-Star band. I took my father. I said, well, we got to see the Beatle, so we'll, we'll go see the Beatle. Yeah. And it was fun. Everybody was bringing their kids up to front of the stage, and... Ringo would be like, peace, love, right. peace, love. Peace and love, peace and love. But it was, I'm glad I went and saw him. He, he had a great backup band. That's cool. Yeah. He, he's coming to the Met in a few weeks. Is he? Yeah. He's, you know, he's in his 80s, yeah. right? Yeah, just like he McCartney. Has a, yeah, he gets up there. Like, he, there's a drum set, but then he has another drummer that's playing along Play, with him. Right. So they'll be like, playing some song and Ringo's just tapping the cymbals why the real drummer is keeping the beat. doing the stuff right but you know god he's got to be 80 now yeah I'm sure he, uh, hang on I'll look up how old he is 78 uh, he's 82 so yeah god so he's damn. older than McCartney and still you know, out there on the road yeah he's still you know he doesn't need to be no no he's in he's you know he's doing it because because he can, right? He, he, likes, can. The, he likes the music. Want to go so, see him. Yeah, sure. Ringo, he was so happy when when I seen him, and that's what everybody loves about him is him being happy. Yeah. Okay. And I think his drumming is happy kind of shit. Like I want to hold your hand. Nothing's more fun than that drum yeah. beat. Uh, what else, man? Um, we got a whole we got a whole list of stuff. We've been talking about an hour, but I think we're I think we're doing all right, man, with the with the pace here, but um. Roger Taylor, dude, from Queen. This was a good one, dude. I, I hadn't thought of him. Yeah. And you put him on the list, and I was like, damn, you're dude, right, man. he's an unbelievable drummer. And he gets, I mean, he just gets overlooked. Yeah, Freddie and Brian May were just amazing totally. musicians and, he and was, singers. he was a big part of the band. He yeah. did a lot of background vocals. The drumming of all the Queen songs were very unique. There was very different things going on. Uh, he would play something from an opera drum to thing to a, to a rock and roll, almost metal drum beat i think you ever hear the song stone cold oh my god yeah yeah let's let's play a hit of that yeah dude here you go uh Seventy-four, man, that's and that's metal. like that is metal as hell. I mean, and that's we have we have to do an episode on them at some point too. I mean, just the the versatility in their music, like they could do Bohemian Rhapsody or they did like you know Body Language, and then that song, I mean, you know, Metallica covered that song, yeah, and it's just like and that Queen song that just rocks. I love that real heavy 
bluesy kind of dirty stuff that they did sometimes. Totally. He, Roger Taylor, had this in-the-pocket drumming that he would not interrupt Freddie's vocals. Like he, he walks that wire so Freddie can be Freddie and Brian May can be Brian May. He's not necessarily taking the back seat, but he's playing it right, down. Staying out of the way. Staying, out, right, staying yeah. out of the way is a good way to put it. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, um, yeah man, I, I love Queen. I was I was like really, really into them in high school. Um, yeah. They're still they're still great. So Yeah, he's a, he's a great drummer. Yeah. He's one of my favorite. Uh what else, man? Oh, I, I, I know you don't like this next dude, but uh I put Mick Fleetwood on the list, just worth yeah. talking about. No, he's a great drummer. Um I know you're not a huge I Fleetwood. just don't Yeah, I don't I don't think he's that great of a drummer i think he's another dude that got lucky yeah oh he lindsey buckingham and stevie nicks at once he he they they brought them both into the band at the same time yeah um yeah i mean he's the face of the band and you think so well i I think so well i mean i get maybe not right i mean stevie nicks is probably the face of the band but i mean well the part of the name is after mick fleetwood and he's you know he's like enormous i don't know he's, he's just kind of he's just a really tall dude he's and a he's giant. just kind of the i don't know i guess he's just he's he's almost like a character more than like a musician yeah he's um, almost like lemmy yeah, yeah a little bit he's like a little he looks like lemmy a little bit too minus all the jack daniels and the, <laughs> the thing on his face but um I, I like fleetwood mac i had i've had tickets to see them before i had to sell them because i was i was away for work and i couldn't go and i've i've never gone and seen them since um you know and who knows now with yeah you know, they're always like i joked the one time said i wanted to do like who was more dysfunctional them or uh the mamas and the papas <laughs> you know this like uh because uh, they're always i mean that fleetwood whole, mac is they're all banging each other back and forth Ripping I mean, write, each other, writing songs about each other, each other and, and you know. stealing their drugs from each other, yeah. and you know uh, everybody slept with Stevie Nicks. Yeah, she like slept with everybody in the band. Like, yeah, she, she. Yep. You know, I, I don't think much of her either. I'll tell you, the truth. yeah, I know we've talked about her too, but um, I don't know. I I like their music. I mean, it's certainly not very heavy rock and roll, but I you know they've got some. It's very melodic and see, you know. well, but like the, the when I think of Fleetwood Mac, the last thing I think about is drums. Okay. Not like we say Zeppelin. You say Zeppelin. I think of Bonzo. Right. I think I. I think of Mick Fleetwood. I'm as, as you say that. I'm thinking of like I'll see a concert of them on like VH1, and they're showing him playing the drums, and it's you know he's very theatrical when he's playing. And, yeah, I don't dig all that shit. And I, it's like um, I think I think of that more than I think of the sound of him or you yes. know or him on the cover of rumors you know standing up towering yeah, but over everybody but that's exactly what i'm talking about he's yeah. like a he's he's like a clown yeah he's next to the princess yeah that's a good point like the, he's like the jester yeah and stevie nicks is the princess and okay Lindsay buckingham's the king and okay okay cool all right we'll keep on rolling man we don't we don't need to play yeah. Fleetwood Mac song no um, I, don't, I, I just don't like their music man yeah that's cool um I put Bill Ward on here definitely from, from Sabbath from, from Sabbath very great just because drummer. you know I mean heavy metal the four that another dude that probably stays out of the way of like you know, t- Tony Iommi is just like you know as Henry Rollins calls him the dark lord of metal he well saying out of the way is one way to put it but with Sabbath they are all synchronized if that makes any sense yeah, to okay. our listeners. Okay. There, he's a very great drummer. I think he, he invented 
heavy metal drumming. Okay. Uh, I can play something from them. We don't have anything on the playlist. I'll just play Paranoid. Yeah, I think Bill Ward gets overlooked by the other totally. guys in the band. Yeah, Ozzy oh, yeah. and Tony Naomi and Geezer. Yeah, and, when Ozzy's like biting heads off his shit. And, right. You know, went running around and being a fucking maniac. Yeah. How, how, how can you even be in this in, in the starlight? He was like, he's like the, the Black Sabbath member that's forgotten about. Yeah, I think so too. Because he doesn't even play with them anymore. Yeah. He ha- I've seen him 10 years ago, Sabbath, and he wasn't the drummer then. So he hasn't been with them for a long right. time. Right. Well, the dude, right, because the guy playing with Sabbath is now, was with uh, Motley Crue. Yes. Right. Yes. The other, the other guy that was filling in. And yes. he's great. He is great. He did a nice job filling in. We talked about that a couple episodes ago. Uh, I want to just keep on rolling, man. I got uh, I got a handful of other dudes before we get into everything. We've been talking for almost an hour. Maybe we'll do a couple more and we'll take a break. But um, I put Larry Mullen on here from Definitely. U2. I know, I know you like him a lot. He's, we- he's unbelievable. He, U2's a rhythm band. Nothing is more important than Larry Mullen in that band. Yeah. The, I mean, Adam is a great bass player. He holds it down. But Larry, man, he's the one that got the band together. Yeah. He was. He is U2. Everybody thinks like Bono's Yeah, U2 you said that in the episode we did on the Joshua Tree. Yeah, he tells Bono what to do. It's like his call. It's right. his band. Uh, what do you have on? You had Desire, but from Rattle a Hum on here. Yeah, let's play a little bit of that. All right, cool. <laughs> You yeah. you never hear anything about him bad. You never hear anything bad about him. And he's all. another, you know, like the Edge gets a lot of uh, the credit of that band, you know, sure. for the, his guitar work. Sure, and Larry Mullen definitely gets overlooked. Larry Mullen is the, the heartbeat of you two. Right on. All right, man. Moving on. I had uh, Alex Van Halen yeah, on here. I, I mean, there's there's some that. times, man. And you picked Hot for Teacher. That was the song I would have put on here too. Just uh, you know, he has some moments, man, where uh, absolutely Eddie Van Halen is like you know the star of that yeah, how band. Do you, how but... do you like we're talking about taking the starlight? How do you play with Eddie Van Halen when everybody's about Eddie? I mean, you're Alex Van Halen. You're you're part of Van Halen. You're amazing. You're, the whole band's amazing. But you're, you're Eddie's brother. Right. I mean, know? the drums on Hot for Teacher, though, kick ass. You know, it's a great... He tried, he tried to make it sound like a motorcycle. Yeah. Can we play it? Yeah, sure, dude. Here. Yeah. 
I, it's it's awesome. I yeah. right. I mean, the two of them they were playing great. on that or just that, that's one of that's one of my favorite Van Halen songs. The one thing Eddie was he was he was very loyal to his brother. You know, he never played with another band. Right. He never played with another drummer. It was just always his brother. Right. That's, he didn't feel that way with Michael Anthony, but he felt that way with Al and uh, the singers. But yeah, definitely his brother. Well, they are the Van Halens. That's true. That is true. Uh, we just keep on rolling. Um, Rick Allen, dude. All right. So yeah, we got to talk, yeah, talk about Rick yeah, Allen. Rick Allen. You know, we talked a little bit about that. We were shooting the crap about the uh, the Motley Crue Def Leppard show. If you people know, just, don't know, Rick Allen's the drummer at Def, Le- Def right. Leppard. Uh, he's, he's very well known. He's got one arm. He plays the drums with one arm. He, he's, he, it's a very unique style of playing how he plays. Maybe one day I'll, I'll break it down on our show. It's a really interesting. I mean, that whole story is just really interesting. It's that's really how he, you know, he was like he lost the arm and then it was reattached and he lost it again and then that the, the band kind of waited and let him relearn everything. They could have been like, okay, dude, like you're a drummer, you have one arm, you're do, out. Do you think the warden knows he had two arms at one time? Uh, he, he um, well, I think I told the warden one time he had three arms and he <laughs> and uh, yeah, lost two of them. I don't, I don't know. But I'm just saying, I don't think people remember. Him ever having the other arm, unless you watch some of those old videos. The really old stuff. I mean, that's too. I mean, that was like right at their. I mean, their their height. Peak, they were right. They were huge. Right. They were a huge band, and that that car accident happened. And you know, if anybody doesn't know, he was just he was driving with his arm like through the seatbelt, but didn't have the seatbelt attached, and he got in an accident, and it just it sheared his arm off, and then he had it surgically reattached, and then it got infected, and they had to reamputate it. And I was like, I can't imagine. Going through that twice, you know what I mean, away. right? And thinking that like you, oh my, oh shit, I got it back, and then no, you don't, and it's just. Um, he, they yeah. said, you know, when when the guys in the band went and saw him in the hospital, he was sitting up and he had his feet on the ground. He's like, I'm going to play with my one hand, and I'm going to use a, a electric drum beat on a pedal. Yeah, to use that, and I'll use a regular drum bass drum. It's. His whole way of drumming changed overnight when he lost his arm. Right. It's not like you can go learn from somebody else either because there's no other one-armed drummers, right? So he had to completely reinvent the style of how you play drums. I think he did. Like, let's hear Pour Some Sugar on Yeah, me, dude. Man. That's got the great drums in it. Step inside. Walk this way. You and me, babe. His beat's almost like hip-hop. Yeah, that drum is like the most, to me, that's the most recognizable part of that song. Yeah, I, that that rhythm did a lot for me in my drumming. Like, adopting, I don't know, just like, the, it's almost, Rick Allen plays a way of like a, a hip-hop, like, quest love hmm. kind of way. Okay. Um, I think he, when he had two arms, he's way better than quest love. But I still he's he Rick Allen's one of the greatest drummers around. He overcame a lot of things. He had to learn how to play the drums a whole new way. You know, he never gave up. 
There's, you know what, as you're talking to, I'm just thinking that they're, I don't think we've talked about a band where like they have an amazing drummer, but then there's also like one other person in that band who's an amazing musician. Yeah. You know, like, okay, like, you know, whether you're in Queen or Zeppelin, uh, you know, all these other bands, they all have other great, I guess that's why they're famous bands. Yeah. But I can't think of one band that, you know, the, uh, where the drummer just kind of carries them to, to fame. So. No, maybe being maybe, a, maybe being the Genesis, drummer is but. yeah no being the drummer gets you know when they announce a drummer's name he gets the most applause right if you if you ever go to a concert you notice that yeah like let's hear it for Max Weinberg and everybody moves their goddamn mind yeah I just thinking too like um you know like when the when the singer like I've seen Godsmack a handful of times and Sully Erna is like he's a really talented dude he plays like the piano and the drums he can play pretty much every instrument in the band but there's always a part where they wheel out a second drum kit and he does a drum off with the drummer and they're kind of like uh, the drums are on like casters so they're kind of like moving around the stage and the place goes batshit yeah I've seen when he do. does it so it's like but if he picked up a guitar and played something they don't care yeah right so it's like that moment of like oh cool you're gonna play drums and it's just uh, I just think drums are cooler. Yeah, drums are cool to look at. They're they're like beautiful, right. chrome and yeah, it just it looks like a motorcycle. Even I mean, even in the Muppets, like Animal was the famous, you know, the famous person. <laughs> Nobody remembers the other guys in in Doctor Teeth and the Electric Mayhem. Most I'm people a, don't even know the band is called Doctor Teeth and the Electric Mayhem. Only the real Muppet fans know that. Person. I only know that because I'm hosting uh, trivia at my Elks Lodge next. That's week. Like, I'm doing one on Muppets. That's a that's, that's a great. That's a great. That's great. Yeah, you know, and that's uh, you know, I had to, I had to look that up. It'll be one of the questions. It's, uh, hopefully, no, nobody in my Elks Lodge listens to this before it comes out. Before uh, trivia comes out, I have to change the question. But mm. anyway, um, I got a couple more names. Uh, you, you mentioned Max Weinberg. He's he's a dude. He he's like I don't want to put him in the same category as Charlie Watts, but like the role he plays with that band is kind of he, like keeping them on time. Keeps and it right out. on time. He's in the pocket. Staying, kind of staying out of the way. Staying out of the right. way. There's, I mean, I saw them one time, and they were with the E Street. It's Springsteen, the E Street Band's drummer. I mean, there was like, there was like fucking twenty people on the stage. You know, you had a horn section, and you know, you had uh, Little Steven and Nils Lofgren, and you know, Bruce can play guitar. And there's, there's just a lot of stuff. And there's Max a lot is, of stuff. Max going is on. like staying in his lane. He keeps it all together. Yeah, he's the bridge. He's the steady bridge. Yeah, but everybody's for crazy. that whole that whole band, and he has been for forty years. But yeah, he's um, a great drummer. His yeah. son's a great drummer too. Yes, yes, uh, for Slipknot. Yeah, yeah. And I saw I saw Springsteen. He filled in for Springsteen on a tour. I remember him um, doing that. I think it's because his dad was tied up doing the Conan O'Brien gig. So, but anyway, all right. Yeah, we don't we don't need to play more Bruce. We did a whole episode on him, and we talked about him a lot. And I got some stuff about him in the music news. Max section. Weinberg's a great drummer. Max, you can't listen mighty, to all those records. Listen to all those songs. Mighty Mighty Max Weinberg, and they got him by like a like he responded to an ag, uh, uh, an ad in like the Village Voice or something when they were looking for him. It's amazing. Uh, you put we Lars Ulrich, you know, from Metallica. Yeah, Lars um, was, Lars was a big influence on me. He's also a I mean, he's a talented musician. He kind of gets I don't know, man. I don't know if people still like crap on him because I of think, all that shit with Napster and I suing think the fans. What he did had to be done. It is what it is. But he took the role as being the band's leader. Yes. You know, so it's very few that drummers are the leader of that's the band. A good, that's a good point, man. And I mentioned Phil Collins and uh, Don Henley. I, I'd forgotten about 
Lars. And that was real. I think that was the moment when he kind of became the face of it. Yeah. And I get it, man. I mean, it's, it's like as a as a college kid when that happened, I was like, wow, what an asshole. But then I also like in hindsight, you're like, yeah, dude, that's how they make their money. Right. And it was like when the whole music industry was going upside yeah. down. You know, and uh, you know, a lot of bands, they still bitch about how they don't make any money off of, like, Spotify and everything else. And that was kind of the beginning well, of it. go play some more. Go go out and play some more gigs. That's true, right. The the It's not that the uh, the tours don't support the albums anymore. The albums are just the bridge in between the tours. And the tours yeah. are where all the money's made and the merch and everything else. Yeah. I mean, records. Or, I, or I, getting on uh, Stranger Things, apparently, for Metallica. That, definitely. That, that was great. Unbelievable! That was the most metal thing I've I think seen they just in a long played, time. Like, whatever. I, I don't watch the show, but you had mentioned the one kid played played Master Pop, and I think that kid just like he just played with Metallica. He did. I saw. I that saw on like TV. I saw it a, like he a was at Lollapalooza it. in Chicago. I think okay. it was. Um, I put Blackened off of Injustice for All on here. Yeah, just, let's hear uh, it. Yeah, let's hear it. something about like the drumming in that and i'm not a musician so it's hard for me to describe it but it's like it's very it's very tight sounding right there's no bass there's not a lot of bass to it when he's hitting it yeah that album is famous with not having any bass on it it's how it was produced but lars to me was michael jordan when i was growing up especially when he's i never seen anybody do double bass pedal the way that lars did in one when i heard that at Mm. 12 13 years old i was like jesus christ you know, and that's when I start really getting into drums. That's a song too. Like when I was a kid, I heard and I was like, "What is this? This is awesome!" You know, I was yeah. like, I saw it on MTV like late at night or something, and the you know, the video was freaky as hell. And I always like songs that tell stories, and I was just like, "This is awesome." His Lars's drumming is like very, very metal. There's no jazz to it. There's none of that. It's just all fucking. Metal. Yeah, it's just it's very like it's just very sharp. Very Sound, sharp. It's, yeah, it's they're all it's all together. It's it's they all land on the same note together. He's he invented a different kind of metal. But then it's like you compare it to um, uh, the Brazilian Sepultura. Yeah, or like cause that, they're like Brazilian. Yeah, so he they got a very like uh, and they had that other band was um fuck was like a Soulfly. It was like it was very. South American kind of drumming to it. Well, this really heavy. And it's a little too heavy for me, but I always like the drums that Sepultura yeah. played. Oh yeah, they're heavy as shit. Yeah. When you go see them in concert, they end their set with a drum circle. Oh really? Yeah. That's so they cool. come out with and it, like uh, other guys from the band. Other bands are coming out playing on the drums with them and shit like that. Max Max. Uh, Cavalera, that's okay. the guy's name. Yeah, Brazilian. He's he's from Brazil. Um, yeah, dude. I just thought I always thought those were, they were cool because they just had like kind of different like world music influences on their stuff. But it's a little it's a little too heavy for me, and I probably wouldn't listen to it anymore at this age of my life. Uh, although if I might, you know, my kids might be like, "What the fuck are we listening to?" But you know, it's all good. Let's listen to one heavy thing. Yeah, we're talking. We're already on heavy now. What the first metal bands we can say without a doubt is Motorhead. Yes. Motorhead came up with a sound that's 
very unique, especially for this one song that the drums were on. Overkill? Overkill. Yeah, man. Phil, like, yeah. Phil Filthy Animal Taylor. I met him when I was a kid. Did you? Yep. I put on my notes. Again, there's two bass drums going on yeah, here. There's he, a couple dudes in here that I, I put that on my notes that they were playing a double bass. Well, he's like, I know the guys in Deep Purple were using double bass pedals and two different, and so was all was uh, Keith Moon had Keith two, Moon played. Yeah, two yeah. different things. But there's something there's something different about that that drumming. Yeah, Deep Purple is another like I had them on the list and I was like, "All right, dude, we'll be here all night." And I just didn't I didn't care to put them on here. Yeah, we can say, "Yo, that guy from Deep Purple is great." Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> and then you move on. I don't know any of their songs. It's like Smoke on the Water. Yeah. You know, the um some of the other some of the other stuff. the uh the Rock and Roll Archaeology, the flagship show under Pantheon, they did a lot on uh a, a Deep Purple and they were like speaking very highly of like the influence that they had and i was kind of like okay man I, I didn't know any of that interesting but uh anyway yeah dude let's play a little bit of overkill i mean you talk about yeah let's like uh, we're saying how like you didn't we don't like cream and like yeah. the sound of the three-piece band like no this is a three-piece band yeah that just, this is a different just, kind. right but look at the way he's playing the drums yeah here let's you go this There's so much bass going on in that. Yeah. I mean, compared to that Metallica song we just played, it's it's the tone of it is just so much different. And it was like, put them in the goddamn Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, man. It was just yeah, like, like what's not? It's a it's a no brainer. Right? They're they, punk. They're metal. They're they a three everything. piece band. He is just a over the top character. Like yes. he is rock and roll, man. Like when you think of like a rock and roll star, that is what well, you know. I th- I don't think we'll see them anytime soon. You're going to see Kate Bush get in before before this year. You you're going to see her next year. That bitch is getting in this year. Yeah, I tell you that. Yeah. Stranger Things, damn you. Yeah, Stranger Things got to get got to get Motorhead in or something. I don't know. Get the Ghost of Lemmy or put him in like a Scooby Doo episode or something. You'd be surprised that in in um, Stranger Things on the soundtrack on the show is unbelievable. Is it? Yeah. We watched, my so wife and I watched back. 20 minutes of the first episode. My wife does not, well, neither of us like scary stuff, but it was like, we watched 20 minutes of the first episode. She was like, nope, we're not watching this. <laughs> and now my kids are watching, you know, I, I, I will like walk through the living room and I see him watching it and it's like the, whatever, the monster thing was like chewing people up and like, it was pretty, pretty gory. And I was like, it's great show. My, my teenagers are watching it, but the, you know. the pop culture part of it is great. Yeah. I think you can enjoy that. Yeah, maybe I'll, maybe I'll give it another shot. I've only got, uh, I'm, I'm. It's not going anywhere. Yeah, I got 15 episodes of uh, Better Call Saul left. Oh, uh, I'm yeah. all caught up, so. I haven't watched any of the new series yet. Yeah, we just started uh, season six, so we're going to, I think there's three episodes left. I don't, we're probably not going to catch it before it ends, but we're, we've been binge watching that Great for show. like two months. Really good. Great show. Um, all right, man. Uh, I got a couple other names on here. Um, let's do one more. We'll take a break. Yeah, all right, dude. Let's, let's talk about my favorite drummer of all time. John Fishman from Fish. Tim Fish, yes. I had the... Okay, go he, ahead. He is the most inspiration, inspiring drummer to me my whole life. Okay. He 
he does it all. He never plays the same drum beat in any song. It's always a different drum beat. Hmm. He he's a crazy dude. He's he's really crazy. I've heard stories about him when he was in college. Took a lot of acid. He's you know he's always running on around stage naked all the time. Yeah. Very Keith Moonish. He's on his uh, he's on the school board of his lo- wherever, How about that? wherever he lives. I saw he was like an elected official. That's fucking unbelievable. So um, so what what about him? Why was he so? I don't his dr- The thing about his drumming is, I think his calmness okay. that he has on his on his body says a lot about his drumming. Okay, like let's hear. What I put down, or we put cavern, cavern off of a picture to nectar. Let's play a little picture bit of, of nectar. Sure. funky john funky john's the man dude he he's right in the pocket he won't say at the pocket but i think that's the most important part of being a drummer that you know how to play in the pocket you're gonna be a great drummer if you learn how to do that and we just heard that like he didn't do anything special doing that but he he did it very differently that song was probably in 1992 maybe 1990 that album came out but for that time, the drumming was was different. I mean, I think Fish is a different kind of band. I think that's why people don't understand them, because they are really fucking different. Right. Like, most different than anything you think. You know, I was sitting here thinking, you know who could take Neil Peart's place? Him. Him. He could do it. They would never happen. Right. He he could do all that all that shit with the bells and the blocks and all that shit. He John he could does do that. all that. He's a great drummer, man. Yeah, I mean, I've said before that's not a band. Like, I just I never got into them. But every time you've put a song on one of our episodes when I play them and play it, I'm like, all right, man, I dig it. So I, I probably need to sit down and try and give them and you give must them a like shot. Fish, you must like. <laughs> I them. must I must convert. Um, we must take break. Maybe that's a good exception. Maybe that's a good uh, excuse when I said like I need to spend more time just kind of sitting with my headphones on listening to music. I need to do that. But um, yeah, man, let's take a break. We'll come back. I got a couple more in this section, and we got some stuff on some session guys and then some modern drummers, and then we'll do the the music news and electric chair and all the other good stuff. So we'll be back. Stick around. Prisoners of Rock and Roll is sponsored by McCusker's Tavern at 17th and Shunk Streets in Philadelphia. There's something for everyone on the beer list and the jukebox in the Cuskers. It's minutes from the sports stadiums in Philly, making it a great place to stop by for a few drinks before or after a concert or a game. Come see for yourself why everyone from Philadelphia Magazine to Playboy has called it one of the best dive bars in the city. Visit them at 17th and Shunk Streets in Philadelphia or on Facebook. That's McCusker's Tavern. You know, socks are like tattoos, psychologists, and divorce attorneys. 
Good ones ain't cheap, and cheap ones ain't good. That's why we're so excited that Prisoners of Rock and Roll is sponsored by our friends over at Boldfoot Socks. I mean, I love Boldfoot Socks because they're comfortable and they look good. And I've said on the show several times that I just like musicians that are good people. Well, I feel the same about companies I do business with. And Boldfoot Socks are made in America. They're veteran-owned, and they give 5% of their proceeds to veteran charities. I mean, I'd post a picture of social media of the pair I'm wearing right now, but that's a little weird. So instead, you can just go to boldfoot.com. Hey, Pantheon listeners, Christian Swain here. You caught me just finishing up some editing on Getting Real with John and Beth. I want to share my first experience with Factor Meals for you. I think you'll find this interesting because I bet the same thing happens to you. I had just received my first shipment from Factor Meals the other day, and I was excited to try one of the prepared restaurant-quality meals for myself. Anyway, I was working away and noticed it was very late, and it was my night to make dinner. I jumped up and headed to the kitchen, went to grab the ingredients for the dish I was going to make, and realized I was missing a prime ingredient. Well, I could make a run to the store, or I could make one of my new factor meals. (laughs) Actually, the choice was easy. I grabbed a cavatappi, an Italian-style pork ragu with garlic broccoli, heated the oven per instructions, and minutes later was enjoying a very delicious, nutritious, and dietitian approved meal. It really was everything Factor Meals said it would be. No prep, no mess meals. Factor Meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. Take it from me and head to factormeals.com slash pantheon50 and use the code pantheon50 to get 50% off. That's factormeals.com slash pantheon50 and use the code pantheon50 to get 50% off. Hey, Pantheon listeners, Christian Swain again with something every podcast listener and music junkie needs to hear. As I'm sure you can guess, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I also listen to a lot of music, so having high-quality headphones and earbuds are absolutely critical to my day. Oh, and I have numerous pairs. In fact, I have a junk drawer of used devices that have bitten the dust, so I've tried them all. Recently, I was sent a pair of earbuds by Raycon, and the first thing I noticed was the cost. Uh, Looks like their products are about half the price of other premium brands. Okay, that's cool. And the reviews seem pretty stellar. Okay, checks that box. So I got my Raycon Everyday Earbuds, a nice packaging to open, and what I immediately noticed were the pack of ear tips for sizing. Uh, I'll tell you, I have small ear canals. Uh, I know, a flaw. So to see choices for the best fit, uh, especially while exercising, (laughs) oh yeah. And yes, they were immediately comfortable. Sound quality was great too. Plus I have three EQ options that I love because I like more bass in my music and less in the podcasts. Eight hours of playtime for the battery is great as well. Surround sound, noise canceling, and awareness mode all included. I think I'm in business, and I just realized I've had them in all day. Like I said, super comfortable. Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. All right, man, we're back. Thanks so much for sticking with us, dude. We still got a, we got a quite a list, man, and we were just uh, circling up during the break talking about all the dudes that we got to keep talking about. But, uh, you know, that's what we're here, man. We're here to educate and entertain. So the next person that we got on our list that um, 
with Stuart Copeland from the Police, another wow. band that we haven't we haven't talked about a whole lot. They in are the show. they're unbelievable. I I take back what I said about three piece band. I mean, what they do as a three piece is fucking amazing. And they're like like what are they? You know, like they're, they're rock, reggae, they're reggae, they're pop, they're new wave, they're punk. You know, they're they're kind of all over the place. They came in like right at the right time of music. Like punk rock just was get, getting over, and new wave was coming through. Ska was big. Yeah, yeah. There were always a little bit like um, like like the Clash kind of straddles that like punk and reggae, and the yeah. Police were kind of like pop and reggae or yeah. new wave and reggae. Um, you know, sometimes he Sting gets he's a little he's a little he's a, jerk. He's a little much sometimes with some he of his stuff. Loves but himself. Yeah, nobody loves Sting like Sting loves Sting. But uh, you know, uh, but they're they're talented musicians, and he did a whole bunch. Stuart Copeland was in that band. Uh, Oysterhead. Oysterhead with, with, Trey. Les, with Trey and Les Claypool. Trey was pretty Dish. cool. Yeah, Trey Anastasio from, from them. Um, you know, and I put message from, or you put message in a bottle from the police on uh, this playlist. And it's like, it's also like, it's a, as you're just talking about it, like the drumming is one of the first things I hear in my head. It's a kick ass, yeah. it's a kick ass intro. Yeah, here you go. He makes those songs. He the drums are a big part of the police. I mean, I think when I think of the police, I think of of basically Sting and Stuart Copeland. I don't really think about the guitars very yeah. much. Yeah, I just there's a lot of songs. I'm just sitting here thinking about other police songs, and most of like I can hear the drums as I'm thinking about it. Yeah, as all the some of the other songs. So he he had a great way to play drums. He always did something different. Like uh, I love what he does. He doesn't do much on it, but wrapped around your finger. Mm-hmm. What he's what he does on that, uh, it's haunting. The just the what he brings to it. All good stuff, man. Um, another band is a kind of contemporary, kind of like the Police were. Uh, the Red Hot Chili Peppers, Chad yes. Smith. Are um, they are they contemporary? I I don't know, man. I they're still around, right? They're still I don't know. They're not classic rock. They're not. No, you know, they're, they came up in the eighties. I think they, they are classic the rock. Are they? Yeah, they yeah. they've been around for forty five years. Yeah, I guess you're right. What they came out in like the Chili Peppers probably came out about nineteen eighty two, nineteen eighty three. Chad Smith didn't join the band until maybe. 1987 he he joined the band i believe their first album came out in 84 yeah so yeah you're about right um yeah i i don't know man i don't know if they're classic rock or what what they're i don't know i i'm just tired of seeing them i know that i mean i love flea i read his book it was great i'm just tired of anthony kiedis he just sucks I I mean this <laughs> I mean you've got uh Mellowship Slinky and B Major on here off of Which Blood is Sugar Sex fucking Magic. Awesome. Let's play a little bit of it and I'll talk about that album. <laughs> 
that album, man, was such a. I, yeah. I, I listened to that all the time when that album came out. Chad Smith fucking bangs on those drums, man. He, he, he destroys them. Every time I see him play, he's at full gear fast. Like swinging his arms around, hitting all the symbols, everything like that. His facial expressions are always happening. He's just always bangs, 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 bangs. But I don't think he does much besides banging. Yeah. You know, like there's playing the drums and then there's banging Banging on on the drums. drums. And I think he bangs on the drums. He doesn't play lightly. He doesn't anything light at all. Everything's very heavy. He hits really hard. I saw him play, uh, let's say it was the ha- halftime of UCLA basketball game. They had a drum set. Chad Smith was there, jumps behind the drum set. He fucking destroys this drum set. It's just Because of the way he's just banging on it? Oh, yeah. Hmm. Oh, yeah. And this whoever's drum set it is, it's like, well, my, what would what you do to my head? stuff? Yeah. Right. But I, that's what I don't like about Chad Smith is that he fucking hits too hard all the time. Okay, and they haven't. The Chili Peppers haven't had a good fucking song in like fifteen years. Yeah, I like them more than you do. So I they disappoint me though. That's why I don't I don't like them. They let me down. Okay, it's all it's all good. Uh, who else? Uh, Don Henley. We don't need to play no, any from the Eagle. Don, Don Henley, Henley, just another you know drummer that uh, you know. Let's yeah. talk about Tommy Lee. Tommy Lee, man, of course. Tommy. Tommy's got the uh, the big, big, big drumsticks. Yes, yes, the big personality. The big personality. Over, over the top. He is fucking a train wreck. They're all, all, all of them are train wrecks. Uh, I, th- I, just think, I just think Tommy Lee is now a cartoon of himself. Yeah. Like, I, he... What Tommy Lee was in the 80s and 90s and what he is now, it's a fucking joke. It's all, I mean, they all are, but yeah, him especially because, you know, he got the, he had the TV show and then the, the scandal. He was a celebrity. Yeah, he just kind of like became over the top, right? But without the band, right? Yeah. He just kind of on he was his own. A, he was just known as Tommy Lee Goes right. to College. Right. Or Tommy Land, his book or whatever. Yeah, kind of a kind of a clown. But he's a great fucking drummer. Right. You can't take anything away from him. He's fucking solid. He's one of my favorite drummers growing up. I imitated him a lot, drumming wise growing up. Uh let's play Primal Scream, man. man. That's a great drum. I think it's like the third time we've ever played this on the show, but it's great. The drums in that in the beginning are in just that, awesome. Wild Side, Dr. Feelgood, yeah. Kickstart My Heart, all drum like driven bands. I think I think Tommy Lee. I think when I think of Motley Crue, I think of Tommy Lee and Nikki Six. I don't think of the other two. Mick Mars and, and Vince Neil. Vince Neil. I think the, those Nikki Six and Tommy Lee were fucking maniacs. 
Have you ever watched that movie, The Dirt? Yeah. 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 Like, that's like, I had all four of them were just completely over the top. And I mean, yeah, Mick Mars is like the old dude out of the four of them. But, all banged up. Yeah. No, but when we saw Motley on the stadium tour, uh, Tommy was hurt. Yeah. So Tommy would go play a couple songs, and then their backup drummer yeah. would come out and play a couple songs. It was kind of disappointing. Yeah, it was like, you know, you want to see him, you want to see the drum kit go upside down and all that other shit yeah. that he does, you know, all the fireworks. But that's what I was afraid was going to happen with the stadium tour. Like, it's going to be phoned in. Right. Like, Tommy, like, like Tommy's going to phone it in. I'm like, thinking, like, too, I mean, with that, we were talking about that when we were leaving the show, my wife and I, and I was like, they probably didn't have the time to set that shit up either right the rig to have him go upside down you're doing a set change and it's like i mean they were turning that around you know 20 minutes half hour yeah. it's like you know to set that all all that stuff up and the other bands probably don't want to play with all that shit behind yeah. them already sure. waiting for them sure you know because they all had big displays oh and my stuff. god what a great show that was yeah it was a, that was a really good concert i know we talked about it at length uh before um i I think that's it on like those other. Oh, you know what, dude? I did have one other. I, well, I had Phil Collins on here. Stop I, talking about Phil Collins yeah, already, dude. Again, brought him up. I don't need. I just under my notes, I just wrote "ug." And then uh, the two dudes from the Grateful Dead are worth mentioning. Mickey Hart, and Bill Cruz. Yeah, great, great. Yeah, I love the Grateful Dead. I say we had yeah. that Grateful Dead episode. I right. thought the Grateful Dead episode came out pretty. Yeah, good. it did well, and it yeah. it did well with you know the listeners liked it. So very cool. Um. Yeah, dude. I just you know, we probably don't need to. We we talked about them already. You know, the last All episode, last right? The whole last episode, but a band that that rolls with two drummers, so it definitely has a different a different kind of sound. And I think Very you said tribal. before that it's like it's too. You think it's, it's a little too, too cluttered? Much. It's a little too much. It's a little bit too cluttered. Yeah. I like my Grateful Dead like one drummer. Yeah, I don't like the two drumming thing. A little cleaner sounding. Yeah. So yeah, that's fair. Um, all right, cool. I had a couple. Um, you know, I looked into, before we get into, like, the really more contemporary stuff, I looked up a couple, like, session guys that I thought were really interesting, and there's a couple dudes on here that I knew, and there's a couple guys on here that I didn't, and the first one was, we'll probably talk about, would be Benny Benjamin, he was the drummer, um, in the Funk Brothers, yes. right, Papa Zita, he's one yeah. of the two members from the Funk Brothers who are in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. We did a whole episode on the Funk Brothers and made a very compelling argument that they should be in the Rock they and Roll should. Hall of Fame. Um but Benny Benjamin is in there, Papa Zita. I mean, you think of any Motown hit that, you know, Diana Ross and Smokey and all that other stuff, like uh, What's Going On by Marvin Gaye. And all, like, oh, he, one he, drummer. He played on all of that stuff, man. Um, just um, amazing. You know, and a couple, all these guys like that I'm going to talk about, like, you're like, holy shit, these guys played on like a zillion things. Yeah. Um, I didn't put any Motown stuff on the well, did playlist. We, we did an episode. We did a whole episode on it. You go back brothers. and you can listen yeah, to any totally. of that stuff. We really um, got deep into that conversation. Yeah, that was a great episode, too. I learned a lot on that episode. Um, another one that I had on here was uh, Alan Jackson Jr. So he's the drummer for Booker T and the MGs. And Booker T and the MGs are the house band for Stax Records. And here, I'll play a little bit of, I put Green Onions on here.
He's not doing much in the drums there, but he, you know, he also he was a session guy for Elvis, Clapton, Aretha Franklin. So, you but know, simple is better, bro. Yeah. That's true, right. Simple's right. better, especially something like that. All right. all those Otis Redding songs, he's yeah. the drummer in. Um, he's a pretty interesting story, too, man. He he died. He uh, Him and his wife were getting through a divorce, and his wife shot him. Hmm. He survived, and then a couple months later, he was murdered by intruders in his house. So man, just kind of a bad, bad luck. Yeah, bad dude. luck, right? So um, who else did I got? I had two other guys on here. The other one was uh, Hal Blaine. So Hal Blaine was... Um, uh, the drummer for the Wrecking Crew, yes. Phil Spector's house band, another another group that we've had on the uh, the topic list for a while. Yeah, they were Capitals backup band. Yeah, um, and he played on over six thousand songs, and he was on forty number forty number one hits. Unbelievable. He was on uh, six. He was on every. He played on every Grammy record of the year from nineteen sixty six to nineteen seventy one for like six years in a row. This is like crazy. Um, here's a here's a song that this is him playing drums on this. You probably know this song. Well, since she put me down, I've been up to it in my head. I come in late at night, and in the morning I just lay in bed. But Ronnie, you look so fine, and I know I wouldn't take much time for you to help me run the bell. Man, I love Man, that song. Unreal. I love that song so much. Yeah. It's a shame um, Dennis Wilson's the the drummer for the Beach Boys. Yeah. They wouldn't let him play on his own records. Yeah. They'd let him do like a little clapping and shit like that. Yeah. But the studio guys were way better than him. Yeah. And then I got one other guy, um, J.R. Robinson. So his website says he's the most recorded drummer in music. He's played on 62 top 100 hits. Um I just made I made a quick list of some stuff. So he play he's the drummer on the entire Off the Wall album, Michael Jackson. He's the drummer We Are the World, Back in the High Life by Stevie Winwood, Express Yourself Madonna, Crazy by Seal, Change the World by Clapton, Greatest Love of All Whitney Houston, Rod Stewart, George Strait, California Girls by David Lee Roth, uh, Just a Gigolo by David Lee Roth. Yeah. And which we can play that. We haven't played that. How many people are doing Bazzini, that? Bop. And then uh, Dancing on the Ceiling by Lionel Richie. Love so dude Lionel just, Dude just played a, a ton of... Man, I would... See, that's the career that I wish I I would have had. Like, a no-name dude that plays on all these hits. Yeah, and just, a, know, just a session, session guy, guy plays with everybody. Here's a little can, bit of Just, yeah. just a Gigolo. This dude, he's also, um, I mean, he's done, like, jazz stuff. He's played with, I, I have his thing, uh, 
Uh, he got a Grammy Award. He did some stuff with Rufus and Shaka Khan. He he's done with Wilson Phillips, Bonnie Raitt, Frampton. Jesus. He's on all those Pointer Sister hits, Lady Gaga, uh, Daft Punk. He's still alive. He's sixty seven. So wow, the guy's just like, and he's still playing on hits. And you can find like YouTube videos of him like giving like instructions on how to play drums. Oh, it's just I'm like a, like a up. super pro huh. session guy who's just been doing like just. Just everything. YouTube um, is great for for someone like me learning, learning stuff and to learn. The way I learn drums is I have to see it be done. Hmm. Like to look at what sheet music never helped me. It just always looked out of whack. Yeah, like how we were talking a couple weeks ago. This guy plays um he plays drums on a lot of like uh movie scores like Space Jam, Independence Day, The Bodyguard, Jerry Maguire. He's the king of the 90s. Yeah. So uh my cousin Vinny, uh Men of Steel. So he just does a lot of like, you know, session stuff for like orchestras and shit like that. Like That's he great. does a lot of stuff with Hans Zimmer and really cool. This guy I'd never I never knew and I was like, "Hey, right, man, that's on all these fucking songs." Right. Right. A guy you you don't know. And a guy just every day he's probably in the studio just just slugging it out making that making that money so really cool um all right so that's those guys and then I, so some of the more modern stuff so i got a couple dudes on here maybe we'll just talk about taylor hawkins first man yeah god bless him man yeah what a great drummer he was he was unbelievable uh i was watching a documentary today with taylor hawkins in it about drumming hmm. and uh the way he described of how he started playing the drums really described in the way how I started playing the drums. Hmm. You know, um, he, he said, you know, when first, right when he fucking sat down, he could just play. Hmm. And that's what happened to me. I could just sit down and I could play. Just play. That's cool. It's it just, I'm a natural drummer. It's, yeah. no, that's what we're going to go into. All right, here we go. Drummer, he was Alanis's more yeah. drummer at first. Yep, and he he didn't want to be in her band. He wanted to join a real band, a rock and roll band. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, it's a shame. Oh, the, the great dude! I always heard he was a great guy. It's like every picture he, you see of him, he's smiling. he's smiling, right? And so many people when he, when he passed away, the the, the it's like it everybody in the industry came out with yeah. a statement about him. Like people that you would never even expect. right, right? You would expect them that they would yeah. travel, you know, be in the same circle. Yeah, I mean, know? I just think. He was so um, down to earth. I think you have to be down to earth to be with Dave Grohl. Yeah. Yeah, we should probably talk about Dave Grohl a little Dave bit, too. Dave Grohl, the, man. The he's, drummers, he's a great you know. drummer. I mean, he, he Nirvana was good when he before he came in the band, but when he came into the band, the band became Right, more. that's when they, they took off. He's not on the Bleach album, the one that was on Sub Pop, yeah. but you know, he's on Nevermind. And you had Breed on here. We'll play a little bit of that. Yeah. 
Man, I listened to that. Much like that Red Hot Chili Peppers album, I listened to that so much when that album came out. But I guess we all did, right? No, I did everything. I did. No? Well, not like everybody else did. But I, I, I like Dave Grohl right off the bat. I liked him, like... The, how heavy he was like you never saw his face in the video he just playing his heart out right hair flying everywhere yeah he's playing and like he he did a lot other songs that that were you know a different kind of drumming like uh harp shape box yeah there's a different kind of drum you know rhythm going on in there but i think he was vi- i think he's very diverse but i think he's very punk rock I don't see Dave Grohl sitting down playing jazz no, with anybody. No. Or like anything to do with Rush. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. He probably loves Rush. I'm sure he does. Yeah. You know. I mean, I'm an asshole for even saying that. But right. oh, well, I mean, it's, it's, it's a different type of music. You yeah. know, it just doesn't mean they're going to, uh, you know, that they're, they're going to play that music. They could still know the people and appreciate it. Uh, all right, so answer, we got Dave Grohl, Taylor Hawkins. Oh, Matt Cameron is I put him on here yes, too, man. The um, mighty Matt Cameron. So he was in Soundgarden and Pearl Jam and Smashing Pumpkins. No, no? Temple of the Dog. Temple of the Dog. I thought Matt Cameron played No. He played for Pearl Jam, he played for Soundgarden. He played on eight songs, seven songs on the album Adore. Huh. Which came out after Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness. Oh, well. So, which I don't even remember that album. Neither so is largely, else. They're right. So it's largely, that's, that was kind of like, that album was what, Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness was like, he just became, he, Billy Corgan became too much for me. And that's kind of where I bailed out on them. So, but anyway, um, but the stuff I put, uh, well, here's a little bit. I put Jesus Christ Pose from Soundgarden. Here's the drumming on this. This kicks ass. Imagine band like you're in you're in two of the most big the biggest bands of the grunge era. They were gonna say we're gonna do a tour with Soundgarden and Pearl Jam. It's gonna be called Kill Matt Cameron Tour. <laughs> Just that uh, right. He'd be on the stage for like six hours uh, a night. God, that'd but, be um, awesome. He's one of my favorite drummers. Yeah, I like to go see him live, and and it's just like he's another one. His composure is so calm. And it's just so focused, and I admire that. Yeah, I liked that era of Soundgarden a lot. I liked that album yeah, a lot. Yeah, so. uh, me too. Couple other dudes on here, but Questlove. Um, you know, he gets a he gets a lot of publicity probably because he's in a hip hop band and they actually you know he plays instruments and he's also he's a really good drummer too. Yeah, he's pretty good. Yeah, you know, and he's um you know he's like an outspoken dude and he's kind of an activist and he's got the gig on uh, TV and mm-hmm. all other kind of stuff. He's a celebrity. Yeah, yeah. I think he's more of a celebrity than a drummer. I think I think he is too. Yeah, he's, he's become like some kind of cartoon character. Yeah, you know, like. He doesn't. He definitely. The Roots is a great band, you know, unfucking believable. 
But Quest, he just bases snare drum. Bases yeah. snare drum. That's all he does. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. That's all. That's I. I don't know. Okay. I I never really was impressed with him. Here you go. Here's a little bit of you got me. Yeah, I think later in that song, I think the drums. Hang on. Like there's more going on there. Yeah, oh yeah. But yeah, I when you said that, I can. I'm like, yeah, I'm thinking just every time I've ever seen him on TV, he's just kind of, you know, he's he's in the pocket. Yeah, yeah. He can play any fucking song there is. Yeah. That comes to them that they play on that TV show. So, uh, and I'm wondering, like, because a lot of hip hop is like a drum machine. So you're not playing a lot of like real complicated shit on a drum machine, right? It's just kind of like no. I mean, some like, of those that beats. A, that's kind of what he's replicating. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. Yeah, I, 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 I like know. them. I like that song. Um, you know, he's worth. He's worth mentioning in the list yeah so. he's definitely a great drummer. A modern is for modern people and then uh, i got two more so meg white you put her on here um which was a good call what they did was something different yeah just drums and and guitar the two uh, two piece band two piece band and, yeah. and what a sound they made yeah and you put uh icky thump on the playlist yeah I like them. Um, I like them a lot. Yeah, I know. Yeah, we've talked about them before. Um, yeah, dude, they're they're cool. I like them. Um, and it's you know, it's the first female we've talked about on the list. Uh, there's a couple of. I'm trying to think. Like, there's a few girl drummers out there. Yeah, like Kid Rock's drummer she's, is female. She's really good. Where we think she is anyway. Yeah, right. Whatever right. she is. Yeah. Yeah. She, Sheena Easton. She. she yeah. Uh, she came she, up on my notes. Yeah. I didn't put she's her on there, drummer. but yeah. Um, yeah, Sheena Easton's a good, uh, you know, female drummer. Um, the girl from Hole, she was really good. Yeah, I forget her name, but she she played for Motley Crue for a summer tour. Patricia Schemmel, she hits hard. Yeah, yeah, she's a good drummer. I'd forgotten about her. But anyway, um, and then the last dude I had on the list was Carter Buford from the Dave Matthews Band. Great drummer, um, man. Yeah, he's always thinks that he's got a really big drum kit you know, you know not not neil pert but there's still like a lot of shit on his thing he gets on my fucking nerves though he, you've said that before he overplays it's just everything is like, it's just like in dave's just doing a simple song and he and peter carfer's up there just fucking wailing away on anything an open spot he's gonna throw a drum in there 
It's I don't like that. Yeah, and it, I mean that's another band that they got a lot of really talented musicians, and there's you know there, there's always just a lot going on in all of their music. Um, I kind of just stopped following them probably in like the late '90s. Uh, I didn't even put a song by them on here, but there's actually a Spotify playlist is called Carter Buford's Drumming Highlights. So <laughs> what's on here? Uh, Gray Street. Here you go. She says nothing of what she thinks She just goes stumbling through her memories I don't know that song. Yeah, I've, I've heard that before. I, I like that song. I, yeah, it's I don't know. I just, I just stopped keeping up with them. Yeah, dude, they put so much music out. Yeah. It's, if it's not Fish or if it's not like The Grateful Dead, I'm not paying attention to it. I just it. don't have the time to keep up with it. So. No, but Dave's, you have to invest time in the Dave's catalog to go to his concert and know songs yeah it takes years to 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 know dave's songs his you know because he does what the uh grateful does yeah and fish does is every night that he plays a different set yeah and his fans are largely insufferable i stopped going too. to his, i stopped going to his concerts i stopped going to his concerts because of his fans yeah it's funny man a buddy of mine uh uh brian orlando he's the morning dj on the uh uh, radio station up in New York was just talking about their fans and how awful, like they talk through the whole show and like bragging about where they've gone to uh, see him and all this other stuff. Dude, and, that's why I stopped going. It's all frat kids. Yeah. And now it's getting even worse because now the frat kids have kids. The frat kids have kids yeah. and they're listening to it now. Yeah. And they think, and God help them if they think that like the same capacity of what the Grateful Dead was. Like, oh, Dave Matthews says, get right. the fuck out of they're, here. They're a very good band. I mean, I like that. I think it's cool that they go on the road every summer. You know, it, it's kind of like a no, thing. No, it's, it's always, they're always on the road, you know? Yeah. Remember they, what they did in Chicago? No. When they when they pulled up their bus no. out, outside one of the lakes and they pumped their shit out of their toilet into the lake. <laughs> No, I never heard that story. Yeah, they had to go and do a free concert and shit because they polluted it with all their their stuff. So yeah, yeah, man, you never you never empty your black tank in the in the lake. So yeah, they got in real big trouble. Yeah, for that. that's a that's a no no with uh you know like I can't take my camper and just empty my my toilet yeah. on the ground. That's a no no. So um, yeah, dude. So I think that's it, man. I, we probably talked about thirty musicians. So we you covered think so? we covered yeah. a we covered a lot of ground. We played a shit ton of music and. Uh, yeah, this was fun. It was cool to talk about, like, just talk about all the different styles of drummers. You, know, you got people that you said they just bang on the drums. There's people that stay in the pocket. There's people that uh, three piece bands, two piece bands, guys playing in really big bands. Just uh, literally people in big bands. Uh, you know, Benny Goodman. Just it was cool. Learned a lot. There was a lot of drum. I I wish I had more to say, but I let the music do the talking. Yeah. No, dude, it was good. You're playing the stuff, and then you had you had some insight being a musician. You could talk about what they're doing. It's hard for me to explain drums. I don't think I could ever teach anybody. Well, I, you did it without sounding like an asshole. Like oh, you're talking great. down to anybody. I did, so. did I, did I it's a low sound? bar. You didn't sound like an asshole. That's so. what I'm going for. I think that's uh, most of our, our uh, iTunes reviews to say it doesn't sound like an asshole. Well, Five that's stars. what I'm kind of going for. Five stars. Thing. I don't yeah. want to talk... Uh, 
bad stuff. Yeah, I don't, yeah. yeah. we're here to we're I, here to educate. Listen, but not... I could have sat here and talked shit about a lot of these drummers we went through tonight. Yeah, we could went back. It's not about me. Mick Fleetwood and Chad Smith and you know a lot of Ginger them. Baker. And, a lot yeah. of them. A yeah. lot of them. Yeah, you were doing a good job talking about like kind of what makes them different and you know st- putting it in a, in terms that I I can't describe because I don't have I'm not smart enough. To be a drummer, let's let's just say to get down thing. To be a drummer, you kind of have to have athletic. Sure. This you know it takes a, a little bit of athleticness. Um. To be a drummer, it takes to be very calm. You don't have to be very crazy calm and everything like that be a drummer you got to practice 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 and practice and that's all i did growing up you know yeah playing playing the drums was my identity Mm -hmm. you know it's who i was i was known for it sure you know uh i have a lot of things to say about drums but you know this my show is not about me it's about the. it's all good it's all about bruce and the music uh it's all good all right, man, I got some music news. So I got two pieces of music news. So the first one was uh, Motley Crue Mix-Up. Did you hear about this with Steel Panther? Let's hear it. So a poster uh, on an Amazon Prime video documentary called Rock and Roll Icon Motley Crue. So if you pull that up on Amazon Prime, uh, the image that comes up is actually an image of Steel Panther and not Motley Crue. Amazon, somebody just made a mistake <laughs> and put the wrong band. And it's funny because there's two bands that they don't like each other. Oh, and, God, uh, no. Steel Panther's been like, well, Steel, you know. Steel Panther is basically fucking making fun of what right, those guys right, did. Right, right. So somebody, somebody asked a guy at Steel Panther, if you could bring any celebrity back from the dead, who would it be? And he's like, Vince Neil. I'd bring Vince <laughs> Neil back. His career died. And, you know, and then uh, I think it was Tommy Lee was mouthing oh, yeah, off his, at him. And, his fucking thing's done. He just played fucking stadium tours. Yeah. What's that Steel Panther yeah. thing doing? It's just, and it's still up. It's still, like, it's still, the image is still up on Amazon Prime. Like, nobody nobody noticed that Steel Panther isn't uh, early 80s Motley Crue. That's funny. Right. I have to look for that. Yeah. And then the other one, man, I'm, I'm going to shit on Springsteen, but uh, you know, Springsteen tickets. So, rabid fans of the boss were upset his tickets for his upcoming 2023 tour were going for as much as $5,000. And that's from Ticketmaster, Damn. not through Scalpers. So Live Nation used a pricing model called dynamic pricing that allows tickets to go up based on how many people are looking for them, kind of like how like airline tickets or hotel prices do. And he was taking a lot of shit, man. And then his – for a dude that built his reputation on – he always says the ticket is like a – it's a contract between him and the audience. And for as much as he hangs his head on, I'm one of the common people, it's a really bad look for him, man. And yeah. his – He's not looking so blue collar. No, and his uh, his man John Landau issued a statement and was like, "We think the tickets are fair." He's one of the best performers in the history of music. Yeah, but what kind came, of? I, came, I can't afford to go. To it that came shit. out incredibly tone deaf, um, and also it was a good like you know fuck Ticketmaster. Like they had that whole like you had to be a verified fan to get a uh, to be able to get a seat. So you signed up ahead of time. That sucks, man. And then they had like a lottery, and you needed the lottery code just to get in the queue to buy a ticket because he's trying to avoid scalpers you'll um, never there'll always be scalpers or dude. they're trying to avoid like the bots coming in and buying everything yeah so it's like and i had a t- i had a, a code to see him uh up on long island and i logged in and you know i i got in the queue 
and I had tickets, and I had them in my cart, and I hit checkout, and then like Ticketmaster crapped out. Yeah. And then by the time I came, I got back in, they were all the only thing was left that dynamic pricing had kicked in, and the tickets were like five hundred dollars a piece yeah, for like that. on the side of the stage all the way to the top. And I'm like, okay, I'm good. Fuck that. I'll, I'm I not paying that to see. He'll him. be back playing Citizens Bank Ball. Right. I'll go to those. Everybody will go. Yeah. We'll go to a few shows. We'll yeah, do, we'll go Citizens Bank. We'll go MetLife. Yeah, Dinner or, yeah. See them. See them on the outdoor shows. I prefer them in his outdoor arenas anyway. Yeah, and it's all it's all good. I like just, it indoors. He brings the fucking house down. Yeah, but um, I'm not paying all that money to go. No, you know, I'm, I'm not paying more than I saw. I paid to see like the Stones. You know, I think that's Stones money though. Like I paid a lot of money to see Stones. But like, right? But that's the stones. That's the stones, right? But to see Springsteen, I would have to have a good seat for me to spend five. Right, right. I'm not it. paying behind the stage, yeah. or top level. No, I don't I'm have. I'm not. good. I'm yeah. like, I'm good. You know. Yep. Yep. I've I've seen him tw- like over twenty times. I'm not. I'm not paying that kind of money. So it was just kind of. It's just a bad look for him, man. It's just a. I know, thought so. For a dude who has like his image is so like you know there's pictures on Spotify like the. You know, the Wonder Bar is a little dive bar uh, in Asbury Park across the street from the Stone Pony. And they just had their 20-year anniversary last weekend. And he was in there, like, having a beer and taking pictures with people. And it's like all week people have been posting, like, he's at the beach every day in Jersey taking selfies with people. And just, you know, he's he's got that reputation. And, I mean, then, this, and then this shit happens. Uh, it's It's not him per se. No, well, he's his it's, people it's his company. Si- yeah, and people right. It's his company deal. Right, he's his a people, brand. His people signed off on it. Yeah. Uh, second thought. So at first is our show passed ten thousand total downloads over the weekend. Woo-hoo. So and we got a lot of love from the podcast community. So I got a I got a couple. Uh, you know, first of all, Pantheon Podcast gave us a shout out. The Mothership uh, Podcast Phantom Jukebox. They just they just did an episode on. Uh, the resurgence of Kate Bush that I listened to with, with an open mind. I still hasn't changed my mind on Kate Bush, but those guys like us. They've uh, they've said some nice things about us. Uh, yesterday's concert, our our buddy Lance out in Tennessee, he gave us a shout out. The Chicago History Pod, they're a show about the history of Chicago. Uh, our friends over at the Itch, we collaborated with them. We did a uh, our Taylor Hawkins tribute with them. Uh, they gave us a shout out. The Music List podcast and the Quad Pro Quo podcast. They're a movie podcast, so all those guys all gave us a shout out, saying congratulations on us for passing ten thousand downloads. So I think that's a big deal. I think it is. You know, this is more of a fun thing for us. Sure, it's a hobby. Sure, and we have listeners. That's why we keep on doing it. Yeah, Even man. If there's five listeners. Or there's five thousand listeners. Right, we do it because right on, we, man. We love to talk rock and roll. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Uh, you know, I learned something doing all the all the work on the show, and it's uh, you know, it's cool that it's cool just to think that people have listened to what we have to say about music ten thousand times. You know, whoever wants to listen to me ten thousand times, or I just feel bad for them. Like, right? Hey. Don't you have better taste than us? God bless them. You you guys got to have something better right. to do than listen to us. And then I got what other we got Tom one nine seven six on Twitter said uh, I listened to your episode on beach songs and then I listened to the playlist on the beach. Great job! You guys didn't talk about yacht rock. That's a staple of summertime. <laughs> You're right, man. I guess we I didn't want to hear uh, fuck yacht rock sailing and and fuck all that a shit. lot of that. You know, I, um, Africa by Toto I could listen to. Uh, I guess a lot so. of a lot of the other stuff, man, like simply red and and all that other kind of shit. I, I think the joke of all that kind of stuff. I think it, you know, it's it's been a couple of years since that like term 
started, sure. right? And it's just kind of, I don't know, there's a like Yacht Rock station on Sirius. It's just, eh, you know, and yeah. largely, it's like dentist office music, so. I'm with you, brother. Yeah. You know. And uh, the electric chair, you got something? Yeah, I kind of think I do. Do you? Okay, what do you got? It's summertime. It's really fucking hot. And I just heard the song the other night, and I always hate it. It was Cool Summer by... I don't know who fucking... Banana Rama? Oh, Cruel Summer. Yeah. Oh, that's a that's an interesting pick. All right, hang on. Let's we'll kill put, that fucking we'll put song. Put it on when turn that down, so... Yeah, dude, uh, this song doesn't do anything for me. I don't... I probably don't even care about it enough to even want to put it in the electric chair. But it's summertime. Yeah, you know? yeah. I just hate it. Banana Rama is kind of a stupid name. Um, she's still... I'm looking them up. They're, they're still kind of attractive looking either I'm looking at pictures from like the 80s yeah it might be but whatever um, I couldn't name two songs by a Bananarama I don't think but yeah it's largely okay let's kill it alright yeah I don't, I'm just like fucking we saying shit we sentence to you to death Banana Hammock Banana Hammock that was a good uh, that was a good pick Banana Hammock um, yeah all right, I'm gonna get fucking banana ramo off my. Anybody who follows me on Spotify is probably shows up in like that feed, which you're literally where the fuck is you listening to banana ramo? <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I think my daughter listens to me uh, or follows me on Spotify. She's like, what the hell? Um, anyway, I mean, so that's a wrap on episode 45. If you like what you hear, follow us on your favorite podcast platform and tell somebody about us. You can also check us out on social media or at prisonersofrockandroll.com. There's links to our website and our email address and our social media accounts in the show notes. And you can also go to the show notes for a link to our episode playlist. You know, we only play 30-second clips on the show because lawyers, but we do put <laughs> together a playlist for every episode. You can go there and check out all this cool, cool music that we talked about today. Um, there's a lot there, man. Is that we, we covered a lot of ground today, as we, yeah. we tend to do. And that's a wrap, man. We'll be back in two weeks with another episode. So thanks for listening. Keep on rocking. Peace out. I'm just a prisoner. achieve the American dream. The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would I shop? Would I shop? Would you kill? Yes. <laughs> My mom and dad. My mom and my dad. From Airship, the studio behind American Scandal comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. 
from assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists. Whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, the Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts, or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.